0: It is the duty of the free man to resist tyranny at every turn. Every man will either watch his freedom stripped away or take action to protect what he loves. Introducing the A3, the newest revolutionary body armor from Armored Republic. The A3 is the new standard for lightweight multi-hit body armor. A3 plates are incredibly light at 4.6 pounds. The patented design captures fragmentation while remaining multi-hit capable. The fight against tyranny just got stronger.
1: Happy Thanksgiving week! I hope you're celebrating and getting ready for America's team to play on Thursday. Oh. Yeah. The Seahawks? The Cowboys. (laughs) The Cowboys. Pastor Toby Chuck Knox. I'm the Water Boy. And we got the good doctor from another mother, Dr. James White. You can't just throw that on everything. <laughs> I know. I just do, started doing I just started doing it. That's two you shows can't just this week. Throw that that, on the everything. good doctor from another mother. <laughs> yeah, it's not a
2: thing, man. No, no, it's, it's not. not. No, it's not. It's no. Not. you Do that I, when Dr. White's here? Come on.
1: And Jared. I did with the other doctor. Uh, Jared, uh, Jared. Jared. I, You said brother. I thought you said brother from the another mother. Yeah, no, oh, okay, no, I said right. okay. uh, well, uh, the good doctor from another mother. Okay. I All right.
3: Well, the good doctor from another mother has an ad for you to listen
4: to.
2: Seems like a tradition now.
4: It is. It is. And I appreciate the tradition. I appreciate you guys allowing me to um to to participate in your traditions. But I've got a question for you. Uh-oh. Oh nope. Have you ever tried Biltong? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. You're, you're probably you're probably wondering what Biltong is. Yeah. Biltong is the best jerky you've never had. Mm. <laughs> I can only go with what's in front of me, okay? <laughs> so the great. truth is, biltong is similar like similar to beef jerky. It's, it's sort of like we have similar <laughs> baptismal doctrines but not kind of, <laughs> but not the same. They're similar, but not, but quite not quite the, the same.
1: same.
4: In fact, there are four big reasons why it's superior to jerky, and why some baptismal views are superior to others. <laughs> we sure. sort of, the, the analysis continues. Yeah. First, biltong has no sugar, and beef jerky is loaded with <laughs> sugar. And I might mention chocolate is loaded with sugar too. I, th- I'm not sure That's if that it's means so good. anything. That's why it's so good. That's why it's so good. I don't understand. Well, okay, but second, biltong is cured.
1: Mm.
4: Kenneth Hagen that. told us so. Biltong is cured, <laughs> different kind of cured. Um, so it's naturally preservative free, which we, we want to be preservative free, yeah. though people my age have so many preservatives in that's why we live as long as we do, actually. So very good. Um beef jerky is, is full of soy. Oh, yeah, and soy sauce right. is a flavor enhancer. It makes the tough meat a, a, a little softer in case, but in case you didn't notice, the West and the North and the South and East, the West is facing a testosterone crisis. And, and, and we, don't need, we don't need no so-
1: soy, boys. We don't need yeah. no soy. Yeah.
4: Uh, because we've already been soyed out of our mind. Uh, we really have. Fourth, Bill Tong is air-dried, not dehydrated. Sort of like everyone who lives in Phoenix. We are air-dried. That's true. I mean, it just happens almost instantly. It's really great. Uh, when meat is heated, it denatures some of the protein, minerals, and nutrients naturally found in the meat. So what are you waiting for? Yeah. A continued discussion of baptism? No, you can't no. wait for that. Head on over to Farmer Bill's Provisions as bills as in a plural. It's not farmer yeah. bill. Yeah, It's yep. farmer bills, provisions, one word. Dot com and use cross 10 for 10% off your Ooh. order. That's farmer bills, provisions. Dot com. Cross now, let me ask, yeah. am I the only one you make, Pay for his time on the program by doing ad reads.
2: I was just going to say, you know, they would be really
4: Farmer good Bill to send, send you, you, you
2: yeah, some of these lovely packages. Yep. I was looking out for you, Doc. Yeah.
4: <laughs> James. Well, White. I don't want no soy. Uh, let's, <laughs> let, let's not have any no. soy. No, hey, no, I wore a shirt for you. I wore a shirt just for you.
2: Can you see this? It's,
4: um, a, it's a little blurry. I can s- sort of. Yeah, uh, it's got words on I, it, but yeah, I, I can't tell see you what it, it says. i just wait hoodie. till you at the end. I'll,
2: I'll I'll say it for you at the end. How about that?
4: <laughs> is it going to be anything like your normal ending, which I uh, talked about in my sermon? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay. It'll, you're going to be funny. really shocked. Dr. James, I'm
4: stunned. Dr. James
3: is the director of Alpha and Omega Ministries, a Christian apologetics organization based in Phoenix, Arizona. James is a pastor, elder of Apologia Church. Uh, He has been married to Kelly for more than—is it 37 years? Is this
4: accurate? 41.
3: Oh my goodness, this four years old producer, you're fired. (laughs) Uh, He has two children and four grandchildren. How many grandchildren do you really have? Five. 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 Okay. okay. There's another one. James has authored and contributed to more than 20 billion books, including The King James Only Controversy and The Forgotten Trinity. And uh, you may know Dr. White best for being, let's admit it, the best ad reader on cross politics. Uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, um, and, you're bad,
4: and, and the person who has debated Doug Wilson. More often than anyone else. That's that's true. That's, true. that's, true. that's another thing. It's yeah, true because James
1: not scared.
4: No, no, he,
1: he's not like uh, you know. jocko Knox
4: is, but I'm yeah, not.
1: Of course. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. He's not him. like James ain't like Russell's. You know, R. Scott Clark. I told you know.
2: Doctor White this. We can have a debate on what color the sky is, and I wouldn't take that debate with him. <laughs>
1: I, no, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't and do and it. you'd be like he, in the affirmative. He, he, it's blue. He could say it's, it's, purple. He it's purple. I'm like. You lost. <laughs> you're going to lose. I'm, you're not gonna lose. Not <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not Snoop it.
2: That's stupid. Uh, that's funny. And
1: Dr. White is, is speaking at our conference. That's right. Uh, Prodigal America next October. Uh, uh, 31st. 31st through November 2nd yeah. in Fort Worth. Uh, so we're excited to, you know, uh, Apology hadn't been represented at our conference uh, this last year. So nope. we're excited to get them represented back through. Dr. James White.
3: Yeah, and and uh, yeah, so you, and you can go to, is it? Um, ProdigalAmerica.com. ProdigalAmerica.com. Yeah. You can register now. Uh, we're going to be in Dallas. Uh, celebrate Reformation yeah. with us. Reformation <laughs> Day uh, 2024. And um, and uh, we're looking forward to having Dr. White with us, and uh, so uh,
4: and that's right before Election Day. It is, I know. So no, that that Tuesday following, which yeah. is perfect
1: for Prodigal America. Absolutely. I'm so excited about. Yeah, it. yeah. Oh, that's a lot to talk about.
3: Yeah,
4: I yeah, know. We're. we're uh, I wonder. I really do wonder, guys. What's going to happen between now and then? I really do. <laughs>
1: serious,
3: serious. Ser- what? I mean.
4: Well, actually. I'm, oh, I'm. I wanna, I'm, 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 I'm I, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Oh. <laughs> time okay, time I'll time let you
3: time do time. it. So, James, wh- wh- what is going to happen between now and? then
4: we are going to get more and more evidence of the fact that people who love and have power will do anything that they need to to keep it i agree wow i agree uh we will see censorship No, and it won't all be open but it's becoming more and more open as time goes by i think um I I don't know guys I I've you know I've I've talked about this with with Doug on our sweater vest dialogues and stuff like that um the Scotsman in me um sees a a period of real deep darkness in the future simply because it seems to me the biblical paradigm is revival comes after judgment yeah Mm. and when I look at what we did what what Ohio did two weeks ago yeah Um, When I I look at what we're doing to children, um, when I look at what's happening in the abortion area, as far as we've never had more knowledge of the humanity of the preborn child than we have right now. And yet Americans especially Mm. are almost rabid for the ability to murder those children right up to the point of birth. Mm. I, I can't see any other purpose than for God's judgment to come upon that sin, and that become a monument, a testament. never go there again. never follow secularism to its ultimate conclusion. Yeah. um I hope and pray that's not that that way because I have five grandchildren, and I don't want them living in a nuclear wasteland uh, for for obvious reasons. And so I pray that that there will be a massive move of the spirit, but I also have to sit here and go, you know, when I read Genesis eighteen and nineteen, at the end of Genesis nineteen, I'm not sitting there going, "Oh, I feel so sorry for Sodom and Gomorrah." Right. You know, I I, I go, that was just, that was right, that was necessary, oh, yeah. given what was taking place, and so I don't know. I am not a prophet nor a son of a prophet, but I'm I I I think when you allow the entirety of Scripture to speak, uh, God will not be mocked and when when you have the level of light that this nation has had, and then just the the mm-hmm. hatred of that light, mm-hmm. well we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. You,
2: I, I, Dr. White, do you see some moments though that um seem pretty hopeful? I, some things that I didn't think. you know when you talk about censorship, one of the things I didn't expect to happen at all was that this January sixth tapes would get released. I right. I never thought that would take place. And yet here we are in a moment where now all this video is popping up where it's like, oh,
3: that was a setup. This,
4: I want
2: to let's investigate the committee.
4: Well, well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You you and I see that. Yeah. How many of our fellow citizens are actually seeing those videos? Because I, I think one of the problems is you know, we do we do so much interaction with our people it's Mm. the echo chamber thing yeah and unfortunately sometimes you wander outside of your community and you start talking to people and you're like why don't they know the things that i know why aren't they seeing the stuff that i'm seeing and there's just so many of them that that seem willing to just go with whatever the narrative is whatever it is that that Mm. must be the case and they run with it so i i don't know the stuff that i'm seeing but this raises another issue until a few days ago, I had not used an AI assistant at all. I hadn't done chat GPT or any of that. stuff. So I didn't want to help train them. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I that's was exactly them what,
2: oh, come on, man. You should have been the one training them.
4: <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't want to be used in um, that way to train them. Um, but brave, which is the browser I use. Yeah. Um, put a AI interface into the browser itself Mm -hmm. and so i thought all right i don't want to be completely behind the curve and so i started using this thing and i've got to admit it is astonishing Mm -hmm. it really really is i mean i've thrown church history questions at it that i just assumed it would go i have no idea what you're talking about and it's almost always come through uh it's 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 pretty impressive. And so I, I look at stuff like that and I go, man, that could be so used for good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
4: So That's do right. I see bright spots? Um well yes and no. Uh, I see stuff that if it was joined with repentance, yeah, amen, would be wonderful. Yeah. But I I'm one of those I'm one of those guys that goes. The the first words out of Jesus' mouth in his ministry is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right. And I remember I was teaching a Greek class for Golden Gate Baptist Theological Seminary back in the day. I had a student come in. He had just been in a church growth class at a Southern Baptist Seminary. And it met before the Greek class did. And he came in, he sat down, and he sort of shook his head. And he said, so they're just telling us the words not to use to grow a church. Mm. And one of the first words I said we may need to make sure we don't use is repentance. Wow. Repent and repentance. And and as I look at uh, what's going on in the church with these rainbow-stoled priestesses, uh, you know, and even Presbyterian churches and Lutheran churches and everything else, uh, I, I recognize that that element of the gospel call has been pretty much lost. And uh, that changes everything. That changes everything. In fact, that's one of the issues for me in the Christian nationalism stuff, is that if you're going to have a nation that is going to reflect the kingdom of Christ, it is going to be filled with repentant individuals, not with individuals who are proud of themselves, their accomplishments. They are repentant. They know that they have been redeemed first and foremost. That's the only way for reformed grace to really make any sense is that when we recognize we did not deserve what God has done for us in Christ Jesus, we do not deserve all the blessings he's given to us. And that comes from a repentant heart. Yeah. I, I'm sorry to preach, but no, that's just... No, that's what actually why we
2: brought you no, on here. No,
4: you don't be sorry to
2: no, preach. No, me preach it. That We were going to talk about this probably later in the conversation, but since you brought it up on repentance, we were going to talk about the sermon that you delivered when I was out yeah. there in Phoenix. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, what was the title of the
4: sermon? We Could Go Sunday.
2: Yes, We Could Go Sunday. Worship of Thanksgiving. That's what it was, the title. Right. So, But since we're on the topic of repentance, we'll get there. Can we talk a little bit if you had to preach your sermon that you're going to give this time next year, uh, what would it, what would the three areas of repentance you would choose right now for America?
4: What would they be for America yeah. or for the American church? Cause there's a huge difference between the two. I mean, America must repent of the, I, I would honestly say the idolatry of secularism is the most anti-Christ, anti-Christian mindset and philosophy that has ever been developed by man. And I am including in that all of the pagan idolatrous Hmm. religions of the ancient world that the apostles or the prophets had to deal with. And the reason I say that, secularism came out of formerly Christian Europe, primarily. So it has as its backdrop a purposeful negation of all that was good that came out mm-hmm. of the Christian faith, yeah. view of man, law, uh, art, music, all of those things. And, and, you know, those of us that are older, we remember Francis Schaeffer saying all of that. Right. But we just thought he was a little bit weird and his beard was too big. Uh, you <laughs> know, and I'm trying to beat that. So, um, But he was right. But now we've seen it reach such a, a cacophony of rebellion that that we recognize, yeah, he was right, and boy, do we need to see it. So I would say the first major thing is secularism is so anti-Christian, so destructive of human flourishing, so opposed to the kingdom of Christ, that it is something that must be repented of by America. If we we're going to talk about America as a whole, Yeah, and I think the And honestly, what I'm what I'm thinking is, it's going to implode. It's going to implode big time. It's going to be really ugly, and that's what I don't want to see happen. But then Mm -hmm. again, I do need to. It does need to happen, and so you know, we're in that in that mindset. uh, I want to save my country, but at the same time, I realize my country may only be saved by its own repentance after destruction. So uh, that's the first thing Um, for the church repentance from embarrassment at the lordship of Christ mm, that's right and what do I mean by that um I've watched over the past decades I'm a little older than most of you guys just a little. um just a, just a little not that much um, I'd still like to get you on a bike we, we uh, you know even you know as long as it's a good heart day yeah. I might I might I might be able to show you something no but um I have watched over the past number of decades as, well, you're, you're familiar with the Chicago statement on inerrancy, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. There's also, um, there is a guy I'm going to be talking about on the program who's going to be, uh, well, I'll name names, Michael Icona. I'm not sure if you know who he is or some of the controversies that he's been involved with in the past. He and Norm Geisler went at it over inerrancy about 15, 20 years ago about some of the viewpoints that he takes. Like he thinks that story in Matthew about the dead coming out of the graves is just it's it didn't happen historically. It's it's a it's meant to be an allegory, a story, but it's it's Like, like Genesis chapter one. Yeah. Uh, in, in in yeah, by by like someone like Peter Ens, yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. Um, and so he presented a paper at ETS last week, calling for a fundamental revision of the Chicago Statement on Inerrancy. And I just look at that statement and the people that were involved with it. Sproul was involved with it. Guysser was involved with it. Um, Boyce, I think, from Tenth Pres was involved with it. And the context at that time. Of such a respect for and submission to the authority of scripture as the self attesting revelation of God that, that was that was the the, the context out, out of which it arose. And I think the reason that there are people today that find it too constricting or too backwards, that context has eroded. In other words, I see within the church a degradation in our view of scripture. And I even mean in conservative, uh, conservative circles. Yeah. Uh, we don't see it as God actually speaking. And and once that's lost, we lose everything else. Every single mainline denomination. You look at every mainline denomination that has gone down the, the ski slope of apostasy and where did it start? It had to start with their view of scripture because if their view of scripture remains strong, it functions as a bulwark to keep them from collapsing on anything else. And so sadly, I have to report to my audience all the time. If you believe, if you have Jesus's view of scripture, um, you're in a small minority as far as quote unquote, professing Christianity in the United States. If you go to almost I the number of Bible colleges and seminaries, not huh? okay. Mm. The independent fundamentalist Baptists, all right, they're gonna say that, but they're afraid to actually read what anybody else has to say. So I'm not sure it really counts. <laughs> I'm glad for them, but yeah, um, but as far as most Christian colleges and especially seminaries, yep. the view of scripture, the way that you and I hold scripture, we're in a small minority. Mm. And Sometimes post millers are afraid to say something like that, but hey, you got to be honest. You can't address the the, the fundamental problem if you're not going to be honest and say, man, there's a lot of people who call themselves Christians who are embarrassed by the lordship of Christ over all of life, all of knowledge, all of science, all of everything. We talk about that all the time. What's the basis for that? Yeah. The basis for that is the highest view of scripture. Yeah. And so I would say there needs to be a repentance in the church um, for being embarrassed at the lordship of Christ in all things. And I say that to academics who are trying to become friends with the world and be accepted by the world and get a seat at the table by not starting with the lordship of Christ over all things. Um, in the same way, not having Jesus's view of scripture. That's something that, that I think needs uh, repentance from in the church,
3: man, I I want to come. I want to go to um, Prodigal America. <laughs> I, 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 I want to go to that. I want to go to that conference. You're gonna. I'm gonna fly you out there, Toby. Okay. don't worry. Okay. worry. Okay. I got you, man. Because Doctor White's gonna be giving a a, a fire breathing message. <laughs> it's already started. It's already started. Uh, You know, uh, as you're talking, I, I just um, we're reading um, the the men at my church were reading together um, Machen's classic work Christianity and Liberalism um and so just written a hundred years ago about uh, yeah no exactly (laughs) yeah published in 1923 wow wow exactly 100 100 years ago ago. yesterday i I, I didn't yeah i didn't even know that when we started reading it and and i was like oh my goodness is a hundred year anniversary and Hmm. and the thing that um you know he's like you know the the original og saying you guys this is this is a different religion yeah. This, this this is not just a different denomination. Because he's fighting liberalism it, in the church. Yeah, liberalism in yeah. the church and this is this is the mainline Presbyterian yeah. church um 100 years ago. Yeah. He's calling the shot there and the thing that people don't get and I think that is is really important about what what you're saying, uh Dr. White is that um people will continue to use all the buzzwords mm. while having already evacuated the meaning from the words. That's right. And so yep. they 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 know the the boxes to check. They can say inerrant. They can say God breathed. They can say inspired. <laughs> they can say whatever. And yep. but but they don't mean what it actually meant. It, they don't mean that anymore. And yep. they begin functioning. And I think that's why it's really helpful for the way you you framed it is is cowardice about the lordship of Christ over everything as exhibited in the authority of Scripture itself. Because what happens is they they by the fact that they're embarrassed that. God created the world in six days about 6,000 years ago. The fact that they're embarrassed that Matthew says that some dead people came out of the graves after Jesus rose right. from the dead. The fact that they're embarrassed by these things, they are displaying what they actually mean by inerrancy, which is not inerrancy. Right. Right. Uh, but they, but then they'll right. just keep signing off on the statement of faith every year when they have to sign off on it when, when it comes around you know, the seminary and they got to renew their contract.
1: Right.
4: Well, uh, language, is, language has always been the source, the 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 focus of the attack. It was 100 years ago. Right. It's become much more obvious now, but it was back then. And I saw exactly what you're talking about. When I was teaching in the Southern Baptist Seminary, you had to sign a statement about inerrancy. And I knew what other professors at that school were teaching, and I knew they did not believe in any kind of communicable concept of inerrancy at all, but they could sign it because hey, uh, well, uh, the the paper that was presented at ETS by Mike Likona, the standard the, the standard approach by people who are moving that direction is to say say that the Bible is in spare is in, is inerrant in its communication of the message right. it's intended right. to communicate right right which you then get to edit as you see fit, right. but the point is, um, that's the, that's the concept. That's, that's what's, what's being said. And I would not be surprised whatsoever. They just, they just elected their first woman president of the yep. evangelical just theological did. society. Yep. Um, and so I would not be at all surprised within 10 years, uh, to see that kind of a revision, though. They're somewhat loath to really take position positions on anything. This is the same organization that couldn't get rid of open theists. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it wasn't specifically addressed in their their very very brief uh, statement of faith, so we're gonna we're gonna continue to see that kind of movement going on, unfortunately. And people, we we need to be telling our people in the pew: you're gonna hear confusing things out there, and this is why it mm-hmm. all comes back to how we treat scripture. It all comes back to how we view scripture, and it's not just it. It is not just a matter of you need to hold to these views right here. We need to explain why. Yep. And we need to make it a, something that is absolutely, our young people should be on fire for memorizing and loving scripture. Lord. Amen. Because it is a gift from God. God, The triune God did not have to condescend in this way. Hmm. I mean, when you when, when you think of some of the things that Scripture reveals to us, I've always been blown away by the passage of Scripture where we get to hear the triune persons speaking to one another. Mm. Why in the world should we rebels get that kind of privilege oh. to mm. get to hear the triune persons in communion with one another? Mm. And when we honestly ask ourselves... Brethren and ministers and deacons and people involved in Christian ministry. How often do we even stop and express sincere thanks? Maybe we can transition to the topic. I was now, gonna see if you can do it. Sincere thanks that's right. For the gift of what scripture actually is that's right every single day. Yeah, and every and, single day. And and you, yeah.
1: you have to notice all these um you know debates on social justice, all these me too debates, you know all these debates are actually ultimately trying to um, disrupt the inerrancy of Scripture, the truth of Scripture, because yeah. what does the Bible say about social justice? What does the Bible say about the Me Too movement? How do you sort through, uh, you know, victimhood hmm. and all that stuff? It's ultimately an attack on on the iner- inerrancy of Scripture.
3: I I, uh, I tell my people, I, I told them a few times in preaching, you, just, you know, sometimes I think modern evangelicals or, you know, reformed even types would say, you know, wouldn't it be nice? to live back in the olden times when you, you know, when prophets would come and speak to you or, you know, you, you had visions <laughs> yeah. and all yeah. this kind of stuff. And, 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 and I tell them, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like you, you have the gift of God's word, com- oh, word. compiled yeah. together for you. It completed, f- um, finished, uh, in Christ. You don't, do you realize what, what, a few thousands of years of God's people would have longed to have that. Yeah, I mean, you to think about like all the prophets, I mean, like there was only a few faithful prophets and lots of them were false prophets. Right. You had people coming around all the time saying, thus says the Lord, thus says the Lord, thus says the Lord um, leading people astray. And you didn't know what was God's word, which one was God's word. Well, we've got it now written down. That's right. Um, And, and like the gift that is not, don't, don't be wishing for, Um, that kind of, I think that's the word of God. I hope that's the word of God. You've, you've got the word of God uh, in the Bible. Um, Mm. It's, it's, it's glorious. I'm going to read this ad and try to be, do it as good as, as, as Dr. (laughs) We can
2: only afford, uh, one of Dr. White's readings. That's right. He right. could have <laughs> said
4: it to me. Come on. Yeah,
2: then you would have been like, hey, hey, where's my stuff? Where's my stuff?
3: <laughs> this is the time of year many of us are thinking about how we're going to pay our medical bills next year. Mm, mm. I, I, I know Dr. White is, is particularly thinking about this. <laughs> Before oh, making a final decision, Take a look at healthcare sharing with Samaritan Ministries. As a Samaritan member, you're connected to 80,000 Christian households across the nation who stand ready to care for one another spiritually and financially when a medical need arises. Samaritan Ministries is affordable and with no network restrictions, you're in control of your healthcare, choosing the doctors, hospitals, and treatments that are right for you. And with direct member-to-member sharing, you always know who your money is actually helping and that you're not supporting medical procedures that go against your values. In fact, just today, I dropped in the mail a check.
1: To, Samaritan, to, to my, it was my to, Samaritan to somebody Sherry, to to somebody. Some
3: real person. Not a Ooh. bureaucracy. Nope. Not a faceless Beautiful. bunch of office. It was a real person with the real address. You yeah. can actually do that. And, and I put it in the, in the mailbox to help pay for their, their medical expenses. So you can get started today at SamaritanMinistries.org slash CrossPolitik. That's SamaritanMinistries.org slash CrossPolitik.
2: Dr. White, so, all right. We know that you don't have a whole lot of time, so we'll try and make this short. But can we just get into a little bit of the wor- worship of Thanksgiving of your sermon there? Because some of the things that you were talking about, I think, um, even the things that the, the social justice movement, the battles that we're facing right now, secularism, all this stuff in one way or another, is to remove us from being thankful to the true God and, right. and brings it, it us to, distract to, tries to distract and us. It's not yeah. just that, but um, it's a thanklessness for what God has done for us as well. So you you have a positive and a negative side to this as well. You know, that's one of the things about uh, idolatry. It's not just saying that I'm worshiping this God. It's that's saying right. you're not the God right. that has been What's this Ro- good to me. What's what Romans 1 says, right. is knowing
3: God and refusing to give him well, thanks. And that's
2: what the children of Israel, this is the God who brought you out of the
3: land. Right.
2: It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah.
3: That, <laughs> this is not. That gold that golden statue. Right.
2: So Dr. White, would you just just, just for a minute here, go through the beginning of your sermon and talk about why this is such an important topic
4: well i I first i gotta start when when we (laughs) hooked up after the service you were like this is like the first time i've ever actually heard you preach um normally it's just like debating you know and stuff like that but 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 and and i was sort of like i'm not sure what you meant by that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've only heard you preach
4: like twice. Well, especially if a black
1: man comes up to you and say, you preach Oh, speaking, you of black, <laughs> speaking
4: of being black.
2: Speaking of being black, Dr. White pulled some black jokes off in the middle of the sermon. That was completely, that was.
4: Was that he, for your benefit? I, you know what? He called me out. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. Look, he was sitting in the, well, first of all, he was being a backseat Baptist is what he was being. Oh, okay. Uh-oh. He's, in, he's uh-oh. in the very back, he's in the very back row which by the way may i may i suggest when you come to apologia don't do that <laughs> i <Because> I learned <laughs> we're, a, we're a family integrated church that means all the babies are going to be in front of you yeah. <laughs> okay so so there all the kid noise is going to be coming yeah. back at you uh, that way uh, sit farther forward but no i was trying to get him to smile about something and I wasn't wearing my glasses. The lights in there are horrible. I lose it after about the fifth row. So I'm like, would you smile, brother, so I can find you? And uh, he's like, what are you doing? It's like, hey.
1: Hey,
4: it's true. Come on. I, I help, help an old man out here. My eyes are bad. It seemed you found uh, me just fine, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Um, That's no, funny. You know, what, what I did, um, you know, we've got Thanksgiving coming up, and everybody does Thanksgiving um sermons even though actually last night uh jeff did a really tough sermon we we had we've had some tragic deaths in in the church over the past week or so um just i mean the day before that sermon we had one of our precious young couples their first child she was two weeks past due and uh the baby died in childbirth Mm. and uh, i was the first person to the hospital um uh, after that happened. And it's a little bit tough to talk about Thanksgiving in, in context like that, Mm -hmm. unless you understand what I did is I went to the book of revelation and I pointed out that so often in the scenes of worship in revelation four, seven, 11 um, when you hear the, the hymns of praise and the, 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 the living elder that the four, the 24 elders and the living creatures and so on and so forth they're talking about honor and glory and, and stuff that we are used to in hearing in praise. But one of the things we don't normally f- focus upon is how often they use the term Eucharistia. Thanks. Thanksgiving is being given to God. And in a sense, you just spoken tongues. He translated. <laughs> I was about to interpret <laughs> uh, Eucharistia is a term. It's a beautiful word. Right. And in a sense, it's been stolen from us yeah. because Roman Catholicism uses it in the s- sense of the Eucharistic sacrifice. Right, right. But the reality is it's found throughout the New Testament and it's the giving of thanks to God. And, and it's part of the, the work of worship Right is giving thanks, not just honor and glory and power and might, but thanks is being given to God. And then I went to Paul and what we don't normally think about i don't i don't hear people talking this way very often i'm not sure why and maybe i don't speak of it uh, enough but paul talks about how by your prayers for us thanksgiving is being given to god hmm. and i you know I, i'm sure you all have read the, um the uh, biography of jonathan edwards uh the name author is skipping me at the moment um but he, it it, ta- it tells about when he died it gives the reaction that sarah his wife had to his death and her greatest immediate concern was that she would not respond to her husband's death in a way that would detract from the glory of god mm. and when mm. i think of that mindset I say you would never have that as your true first reaction to the death of your spouse unless you've lived your life giving thanks to God daily and experiencing godly contentment that flows therefrom. Otherwise, you're focused upon your own loss. What am I going to do now? How could God let this happen to me? You know, all the stuff you normally hear. But when you have that kind of maturity, Christian maturity, the idea is I don't want to detract from the glory of God. I want Thanksgiving to be given to God in all things. And I also told the story during the sermon. It's one of my favorite extra-biblical stories from the hiding place of Betsy and Corey Tenboom. Boom. Yep. Yeah. In the Rovensbrook prison camp, when they were transferred <laughs> into a new place, uh, they get into it and realize it is utterly infested with fleas. They're yep. just everywhere you can't get away from them and betsy's at her breaking point and man i would have i would have been at my breaking point long before yeah, she was yeah. yeah yeah and she's and 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 uh no Corey, Corey's at her breaking point betsy's like well the scripture says we are to give thanks for all things in christ jesus right and and cory's like i can't I can't. I not for fleas. I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't. And she's yeah. like, the scripture says in all things. And so, like I said, I I doubt that that Corey's prayer was overly heartfelt, but she prayed with Betsy and gave thanks and fleas. Yeah. And it was only a few days later they realized they had that smuggled in Bible that God miraculously preserved for them, and they were able to give Bible studies to a growing number of the women and give them hope. And teach them that love is so much stronger than hate, and they could do that unhindered. Why? Because no, because the guards wouldn't come in to that barracks because of the fleas, and so they had an open door to proclaim the gospel to all of these women. And there was where the Thanksgiving came in. Right. Beautiful. Now, they got to see it immediately. They got to see. Oh this is this is why we need to give thanks. There are things that God asks us in this life. We don't ever see the why. But we are to trust that there is a why. That's right. And give thanks anyways. And that giving thanks to God, living in such a way that my life results in thanksgiving being given to God. We talk about glorifying God something like that. Biblically when people look at how we speak how we minister how we live are they giving thanks to god for the grace they've seen in our life that's a challenge Mm. that's a challenge
2: dr white and that's beautiful that is beautiful everybody needs to go listen to the sermon the sermon is at apology studios on youtube um, you can skip the first 10 minutes would you say Dr. White something like that first 10 minutes where you're making fun of me uh, and then uh, uh, I, it,
4: it did not You it may have felt like 10 minutes yeah, to it you felt like it was probably about 90 seconds <laughs> at most well you know <laughs> at just, most it's you know, how I felt that was know? my <laughs> way of saying I loved you and thank you for being <laughs> there and <laughs> you know would have done
2: you, know, kind of <laughs> you could have <laughs> just <laughs> given a brother a hug at the end of the it, sentence it's tough love <laughs> tough love <laughs> Dr. White I appreciate you brother thank you for joining us on the show happy Thanksgiving to you I man All right, you can close your ears now. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and
5: feast. This is Cross CrossPolicy. Hi, I'm Luke Ritchie. Wrong timeline. (laughs) Okay, that's better. Time travel mechanics can get a little bit tricky. I'm Luke Ritchie, chief visionary officer of Gravity Jack. In 2009, we founded Gravity Jack and essentially patented AR. What I'm about to tell you about is a vision that was 14 years in the making, War Tribe of Vinyama. This is a game that feels so real, it might be. It's a genre-defining game for AR and mobile and the Apple Vision Pro. We've integrated artificial intelligence, not just into the characters in the game, but actually in the business model of War Tribe. So I love augmented reality games. They're one of my favorites. Uh, But the problem is it seems like they've added AR as an afterthought into the game. What if you sat down for 14 years and planned the entire thing around augmented reality? Games make a ton of money, and typically that money doesn't end up in the pocket of the players. We intend to change that. Lastly, and this is important, half the world has never and never will be targeted by big tech for an AI natural language processing engine. We're definitely going to change that. War Tribe of Binyamin has gameplay like you've never seen before. We have portals opening everywhere, we have holographic communication, but what's really cool too is the world of 2133 is accurately geo-overlaid on the world of today. We're laser focused on ROI for our shareholders, which is you. One of the things we're doing that's super unique that's never been done before is taking 10% of in-game revenue monthly and giving it off as a dividend. The other co-founders and myself We started Gravity Jack in 2009, but in 2007 we'd actually sold our company to a gaming company. We've hired the best of the best in terms of game development. Our director of development, product designer, are all veterans in the gaming space. Uh, And not only that, we're going after a market that's gigantic. We're combining four huge major markets, artificial intelligence, augmented reality, translation, and gaming. uh, All for a combined market value of 1.85
6: trillion. Our incredible history has led us to be experts in mobile development, augmented reality, AI, gaming, and computer vision. It's been a wild ride here at Gravity Jack. A benefit to being so early on in augmented reality has led to a robust patent portfolio with active revenue and more to come. We've had the privilege of working with clients such as Oscar Mayer, Kraft, Lincoln, Samsung, T-Mobile. We've also worked on non-lethal Department of Defense contracts as well. We were a reference developer for Meta on the Oculus 2 directly creating a game where other developers looked to our source code for best practices. Early on in Gravity Jack's history, we did a game for Double Down Casino and at the end of that contract it was grossing $35 million a month. Our robust history has led us to be experts in augmented reality, AI, gaming, computer vision, and mobile development. Play to earn opportunities for the impoverished create an AI language model for unreached people groups, allowing us to have an eventual monopoly on speaking to half the planet. Our focus is shareholder dividends immediately after the game and into the future to create a game that's gonna blow the world's minds. And we're pulling people out of poverty and into productivity. So what's the ask? Join the Binyamin.